0: Just (laughs) oh, (laughs) Tommy. Thunder. Oh. Oh, that's so funny. It is. I mean, that... (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, it's like, how do we give to God? It's like, (laughs) don't, don't, don't. Yes, yes, yes. All right, happy Resurrection Sunday. This is such a good Sunday because we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Woo! Yeah, he had to die first, and then he rose. (laughs) You're absolutely right. We watched The Passion of the Christ. We ended up watching it yesterday, and it's so intense. I cried. I sat there. My stomach was in knots. It's tense. You feel like so hard to watch. Yeah, and you just see it. Like, even in the movie, they did a great job portraying some of that, which it probably was – Yeah, and you can't even imagine, like, but the fact that he did that for us, and (coughs) what it keeps coming back to me was that he doesn't defend himself, and I know, I think it was convicting to me because I try to defend myself a lot, (laughs) and even on, like, the smallest things that don't even matter, and I try to defend myself or prove a point or make sure I have the, like, last cool word, which is just dumb, And it doesn't look like him because he didn't do that. He was not like that. Jesus did not defend himself where he could have. He had the fullness. Like, can you imagine creator of all things? And his creation is mocking him, beating him, where he literally had the power to call down angels or fire or whatever he wanted to. But his eyes were set on a goal. And he was for the joy, right? It says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And what was the joy? It was us. And that is like the most incredible thing that he was looking at us and said, I'm going to endure this because they are my joy. My reward is going to be these people who I will call my own children. I'm going to bring them out of captivity. And we know that scripture has talked about that since the beginning. Right. That's when Moses and the Israelites, when Israel was captive in Egypt and Moses com- came to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. God told him to go. He said, let my people go. And Pharaoh kept denying him. And all these plagues were coming to uh, on Egypt. Do you remember that? And Pharaoh said, oh, OK, let him go and then changed his mind. And then said, let him go and change his mind. Let him go. Change his mind. Finally. God says, the firstborn will be required if you do not let my people go. And he says, for, for it, all of the Jewish people, put blood on your doorposts, right? You put the blood on your doorposts, and the spirit of death will pass over your household. But for every household that did not have the blood on the doorposts, the firstborn would die. Very intense, but this was all a foreshadowing. It was pointing to something that was to come. God wanted to free his people from slavery, from oppression, from captivity. It was not just this like, oh, yeah, they were just had to do some slave work. No, they were they were denied food. They were out long hours. They were beaten. They were slaves in captivity in Egypt and God said these are my people I will not allow this to happen free them now they're mine they belong to me so they made the, they put the blood on the doorposts well now we know that that was pointing to Jesus the ultimate sacrifice the last for all time one sacrifice made for all mankind to say pass over this death i'm going to defeat death And the grave so that I could redeem people out of captivity, out of slavery, out of bondage to sin. And when you've lived in that bondage and come out of it and you know the redemptive power of Jesus, you recognize the life that we have. And when you look back, you're like, "Ugh, my life before was junk. I am so glad it was captivity, it was depression, it was loneliness, it was fear, it was anxiety, it was all these things. And Jesus came, met me in that place and said, be free, let my people go. And we were brought into the family of God. That's what we're celebrating today. Because on the cross, he took all of our sin, the penalty for all of our sin. In Romans, it says, through one man, Adam, the first Adam, sin entered the world. But through one man, Jesus Christ, redemption was bought. Through one man, sin entered the world. And through one man, redemption was bought for all times. And that was through the cross, what he suffered for us. And then can you imagine the day he rose, the tomb is empty, and, and I wish I was there too. I was thinking about it that these women were the first ones to be at the tomb. One of them a prostitute. Mary Magdalene. A prostitute was among the first. A woman who used to prostitute herself until she met Jesus. And he extended love and kindness to her and her entire life changed. I work, I've done a lot of work with women who prostitute themselves, so this is like a very close thing to my heart, that Jesus would reveal himself first to a prostitute. That's the kind of love of our Savior. That's the kind of God that we serve, that he says the least of these, oh, yeah, the first person I'm going to show that I am in glory is this woman who was selling herself to men for sex. This is going to be the one. Look at my hands. I'm risen for you, for your redemption. That's our God. That's what we celebrate, this loving King and Savior who gave us everything for the least of these. What's been on my heart, I mean, that's just like the overview of what today is symbolic of, which is exciting. That's a brief overview. But something I really wanted to talk about today and felt like the the Lord wanted me to talk about was proceeding. like last week we talked about the, him riding in on a donkey in the palm branches, and they were all shouting, hey, Hosanna, which means deliver us. Five days later, they're crying out, crucify him. Right? Five days. They welcomed him into the city, yelling, deliver us, how prophetic. And then the next five days, crucify him, which would be their deliverance. But in between those... Those in between the welcoming him on the donkey and the time where he was crucified, there was I I like to think about what were the last things that Jesus was telling us to do? What was his last things that he was saying before? I'm about to die. I know it's coming on Friday and I want you to know this very specifically. And um, something that he mentioned a bunch of times, I'm going to read just several several scriptures from John, um, but you can look in John 14. Starting in verse 12, he talks to them about the the Holy Spirit. He says, I have to go, but don't worry. I'm sending someone that's even better. Even better than Jesus in the flesh. He said, I'm going to send someone. So verse 12, John 14, verse 12 says, Truly, truly, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do them also and greater works. Right. Jesus raised the dead. What greater works are we going to do than these? He will do because I go to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. There were two things that Jesus hammered on before he left. One was, I have to go to the Father so that when you ask anything in my name, it will be done. Prayer. He said that so many times in the next few chapters. I have to go to the Father so that anything you ask in my name, it will be done. And the Father will be glorified. He was giving us power in a place of prayer where we can declare, we can ask, and it will will be done because of what he's done. And then in verse 16, it says, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever, forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. After a little while, the Lord, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. The, the disciples had no clue what he was talking about there. They didn't understand that his death was going to be the sacrifice made for all sins. They didn't understand that he was going to rise from the dead. But he's saying, I'm going to live, and because I live, you get to live. In that verse 20, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you and me and I in you. Whose, him in us is the Holy Spirit, right? Jumping to verse 25, Jesus continuing to speak. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to you remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I will give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, if I go, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. Jesus is saying, because he knows, I'm going to leave. These 12 guys have been my best friends, right? They have been followed me everywhere. They've hung on my every word. I have taught them. They have healed the sick. They've delivered. And I'm telling them I have to go. How heart-wrenching. They were, go- they were sorrowful. And he was trying to say to them over and over again, you don't understand me leaving you is not a bad thing. It's actually the greatest thing of all time, because if I go to the father, I'm going to send you my helper, the Holy Spirit, who will live inside of you. Now, they knew in the Old Testament they had known of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit only came upon people right back in the Old Testament. It came upon the prophets. When the Holy Spirit would come upon them, they would then declare the goodness of God. They would declare prophetic words. The Holy Spirit did not live in people. But because of what Jesus did for us, and he says, I'm leaving, but now the new life that you get to live is by my spirit. And it's the spirit of truth who will live inside of your spirit and lead you into truth. It's hard to understand sometimes because, you know, the Holy Spirit, like, oh, that's weird. How's he going to live in us? And what does that look like? And what do you mean the spirit is going to come live inside of me? But this is how we were meant to live since the very beginning of time. We were meant to be in perfect unity with God, the father, God, the son and Holy Spirit to have relationship and to be drawn in and identified As part of their family by the same spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. So Jesus is saying, I need to go so that you can pray and ask whatever you will according to my will. And it will be done in my name, but also that the Holy Spirit will come. In John 15, verse 22. Jesus still talking. He's like pouring out as much as he can right in his last days. If I had not come and spoken to them, meaning the world, they would not have sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sin. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. When the helper comes, again, he's talking about the helper. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father. He will testify about me and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. So he's saying, I have to go to the father and then I'm going to ask the father to send you the spirit and he's going to answer me so that you can be marked by me. He's going to be your helper, your comforter, your counselor, your peace, everything that you need. When Jesus was on the earth, right, he was he was in a human body. He was human. He couldn't be everywhere at the same time. He was in one location wherever he was. Surrounded by the people that he was around. And he only lived 33 years. With the Holy Spirit, he is everywhere. He fills all in all. And we can each be with him at all times. Because the Spirit comes from God. And is God. And this wa- this is what it means. This is what resurrection, he was like, I'm going to die and be raised from the dead so that you will get the spirit. You'll be freed from your captivity, but you will have my spirit and you'll be able to pray. If Jesus was hammering in these these things, then they must be extremely important. John 16. Now, this is 14, 15, 16, right in a row. 16, verse five. He says again. But now I'm going to him who sent me. It's like the disciples still didn't get it. They're dumb like us. (laughs) Or we're dumb like them, whichever way. And we have like hard heads. Like how many times you have to tell me? And he has so many times. Hey, I'm leaving. Hey, I'm leaving. And they're like, what? What do you mean? Hey, I'm leaving. I'm going back to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things, Sorrow has filled your heart, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So he's saying, again, I'm leaving. I'm going to the Father. Once I get there, I'm sending you the helper. Same message, again. And he says the helper is going to come and he's going to convict the world of sin. Because of what I've done, because of what I've showed them, sin is going to be so clear of what it is. He's going to convict the world of righteousness. Who is our righteousness? Jesus, right? God, Jesus is our righteousness. So he's saying, because I'm leaving, the Holy Spirit's going to come. You're not going to see what's righteous anymore because I'm going to be in, the f- in heaven. I'm going to be seated on a throne. But the Spirit's going to come and convict of righteousness. What is really righteous and concerning judgment? Because the ruler of this world has been judged. Jesus on the cross putting Satan under his feet, crushing the head of the serpent, our enemy, under his feet. Him dying on the cross was not an act of weakness. It was strength. He said, every last drop, let my blood pour out. Let my body be broken because the enemy is being crushed under my feet. And you will be raised to life with me by the spirit and you'll continue to overcome and overcome and overcome and overcome because of me and you because of what I've done. That is the glory of this gospel. That is what we've been welcomed into as his sons and daughters. And he says, uh, the world hated me. If it hates me, it's going to hate you. Tommy just told me this morning, I think it was uh, in S- Sri Lanka, there were how many churches? Six churches bombed today. 200 people killed. Six churches, 200 people killed By suicide bombers. Why is the church under attack? Why? If this were not real, if God were not real, that would not be happening. If there was not a true spiritual battle in other nations, churches wouldn't be attacked. They're being killed because the enemy hates what God has done. He hates the move of God. But he doesn't understand that in the kingdom of God, death produces life. Love is strength. Death produces life. When we respond in love, it overcomes. I mean, those were our brothers and sisters. It breaks my heart like, oh, my gosh, families have lost members of their family. How Heartbreaking. Can you imagine this morning waking up to celebrate and remember the resurrection of our Lord and what he's done for us and half your family gets killed? Because we've said yes to him. This is intense stuff, but the fact is the enemy hates us and yet we stand and we say, oh, we're like him. We get to be with him. He told us. If the world hated him, they're going to hate us, too. But did he hate back? Never. Never. In the movie, we watch The Passion, and Jesus is hanging on the cross, and the Pharisees are mocking him. Like, it just looked like pure evil. And Jesus looked at them and then looked up and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Those that had beat him and mocked him and crucified him. He did not hold any offense or bitterness against them or hatred. He looked right at them and then looked up and said, Father, forgive them. This is who our Jesus is. This is what he's done. And he went away. He did that. He rose from the dead. He showed himself to many. And then he ascended to heaven. And as he's ascending, do you know what he says? Go to Jerusalem. Wait. You will be clothed with power from on high the Holy Spirit. That word power is the Holy Spirit. You will be clothed with the Holy Spirit. Go wait for it. He's coming. So 120 of them up in the upper room waiting, praising God for what he had just done. Because all of a sudden, their eyes were opened to understand the scripture. Their mind was open. And so they're waiting there. Can you imagine being there in that room with 120 people like, (gasps) he just did it. And the spirit's going to come. He promised it. It's coming. We're praising until it comes. And then we know in Acts. What happens that what that day they're praying in the upper room and boom, a mighty rushing wind. And they all start speaking in tongues and people from all these different nations are saying, how are they speaking in my language? We're here visiting, you know, can you imagine being a foreigner somewhere somewhere? collected with a bunch of others who don't speak the same language and this group of people come out all of a sudden speaking rapidly in all different languages, reaching with the gospel declaring the excellencies of God. They had no clue what they were saying. The Holy Spirit comes and begins to declare and 3,000 people added to their number in one day. Because of what he's done. Because of the spirit. I think this is. I believe this is something that the Lord wants to ignite in us again. To receive the spirit. We have the spirit. If you know him. If you are called by his name. We have the spirit of the living God inside of us. Which is power from on high. To declare the goodness of God. To heal the sick. To cast out demons. And I know that sounds like in our culture, in where we live, it sounds really wacky. But especially when you live in other places, like I've lived in Haiti, in Brazil, and there's a lot more demonstration of darkness. I've seen demon-possessed people and seen them be cast out of people and people return completely to their right mind. That is the power Of the Holy Spirit, there's a real battle going on in the spiritual places, but he has equipped us fully with his spirit and says, no more this old life. We live in this power life in Christ. And he in us so that anything that we ask in his name, it will be done. Because he went to the father for us and we need to begin to live these things out in greater measure. Where we have faith that when we pray, Jesus died on the cross so that our prayers would be answered. So that we can have faith that when you pray for your dad, God's listening and he's hearing and he's answering. When you prayed, I don't really have faith for my dad to stop cursing or swearing. God heard you, took your seat of faith and is going to answer you. Because Jesus died for you, because Jesus made a way for your voice to be heard in heaven. Your voice every time that you ask Jesus for something, your voice is heard in heaven because of what he's done on the cross. That's the power of our God. And we need to come with faith like a child where we recognize every time I lift my voice. It's shooting up into the spiritual place, and heaven hears it. And I'm filled with faith that my God that can do all things, all things, impossible things, he is unstoppable, he can do them. And that is where our confidence lies, in Christ alone, the one who can do all things. So when hardship comes our way, again, we stand and say, by the cross, we have full confidence that our God, who is now our father, hears us and answers us because of what Jesus did. He brought us into his family. He made a way for us to be heard in heaven. So let's boldly approach him today. Boldly approach him. You don't have to come in a certain way. You don't have to sound a certain way or look a certain way. You boldly approach the Father and say, Jesus, show me who the Father is. Show me who I am. Give me identity. Show me my purpose. Show me who you are. He's torn the veil. There's one last scene in the movie when he gives up his last breath. They show the temple, which the Bible says was split in two and the curtain torn before the high priest alone could go beyond the curtain because that was the holiest of holies. And they could only go there a certain time in the year. And through sacrifice and everything. So Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice. He gives up his last breath, and there's this huge earthquake. The temple is destroyed, and the curtain is ripped (laughs) in two. Now, for the Pharisees, that was like dooming, but for us, it is rejoicing. We no longer have a veil. We can all approach him and see him for who he is. So, Father, today, we just want to thank you. For what you've done for us. For who you are. For the way that you've made for us. To come into the holiest of holies. To know you. To experience your goodness. Your love and your kindness. We thank you Lord. That you've done that for us. And we rejoice in it today resurrection power, your Holy Spirit that will lead us into all truth. That's our helper, our comforter, our guide. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do communion, but Tommy's going to take us there.
1: Awesome. Um, Why don't we uh, just, everyone can come up, grab bread and Well, Father, we thank you so much. we just praying this morning about just being thankful and um we are so thankful for what you did, for the the perseverance, God, the um just being such a perfect example of um who you are and just denying everything that you had rights to so um that we could live with you and um just giving up your body for us and Thank you so much for that, God, for um, the most undeserving person in the world was um, was killed for um, the most deserving people to be, um, to deserve death, Lord, and so we thank you so much for what you've done. We rejoice in your resurrection, and uh, so we take this body, or this, (laughs) we take the bread, (laughs) and we take this body and take this bread. Just remember what you've done. Lord, and we thank you for all the blood that was poured out um, for us from all the, the torture and suffering. And, you know, it was so graphic, but it was so um, worth it for you, God, to have everyone under this new covenant that you made through your blood, God, that we get to be one with you, we get to receive the Holy Spirit and have access to the Father, Lord. So we thank you so much for your blood poured out for us, and we take this juice in remembrance of that. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this day of remembrance of your resurrection. I pray you just bless everyone's day today. Um, I pray that just your word would sink into our heart, the message spoke, and um, that we would just meditate on the Holy Spirit and, um, yeah, that it would just seep into our our minds and uh, cause us to just think about you even more this week. So we thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.